The one thing that I don't know is the goddamn website's been giving me all sorts of problems lately. Uh, that's one of those things that I found interesting that I was like, I, I, there was a couple of things and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to say anything because then it feels like I'm bothering you about shit that I don't understand and maybe you'll tell me fix it myself. So, Well, I would. Uh, this is Longbox Heroes After Dark, episode 228. What have you noticed? Um, that at no point do any, like, if anybody comments on a thing that they don't pop up in the new comment section on oh. the side like we've had. Right, now, then just to interrupt, so we can okay, do one thing at a time. Okay. That, that I took down because for a year that hasn't worked, and it's only shown, like, whatever the five most recent comments that it pulled up, and they were all spam comments. Right, okay, so I'm just sorry. I took then... that away, so it doesn't even show up because, like, it's not notifying us about the comments. It's not pu- publishing the most recent comments. There's something going on there. Right. And then when someone does comment, it doesn't pop up in the little, like, there's supposed to be a number. Mm-hmm. Everything's got zeros next to all the posts. Right. Now, that's a touchy thing, and that's not our site. That's, I think, WordPress's, uh, WordPress and Discuss's plugin. Because mm-hmm. when I'll go to Podvocacy and leave comments on Jason and David's stuff, um, I'll leave the comment, and then I'll get the email notification that J- David replied. Okay. I'll go to the site to read what the comment is, and when I look at the post, at the top of the post it says, zero comments. Even though I know for sure I wrote a comment, and David wrote a comment. When I scroll down and load the comment in, it'll then change the number. Right. I don't know why, but I, I've noticed that's not exclusive to just our site. Now, okay. Do you want the next thing that I, I've noticed? Please. I don't know. Now, this is something I noticed whether I don't know if you did or not, because I know you have the power to do this. Well, that's a, did you with a pin- caveat. <laughs> Did you pin the at a, a Todd's with wrestling episode 29 to the top? I did. Okay. Then to, I didn't know you did that. Cause at one point I was like, Oh, like it's not moving the whatever to the top of the page. So I didn't know you did that. So that was something that I thought was a glitch until you just told me that. Nope. Cause that's the one where we're doing our betting, uh, right. our, our WrestleMania prop bets. Sure. Okay. So I want to have that one, you know, pinned up at the top until WrestleMania comes and goes. No problem. And hopefully that'll be soon. Right. Not soon enough for me. And then when it gets here, it'll be all day. So. Oh, well, it is a holiday. It's WrestleMania. Fighting to survive. Just like that. Just okay. Like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm singing the original WrestleMania song. I don't know all the rest of the words. I doubt that. But. Are there any problems that you saw on the site that I'm missing? Yeah, there is. Uh, so David put up a comment on that very same episode of At Atos with Wrestling. I replied to it, and then two days after that, the site just decided to randomly delete his comment, saying that it was spam. Mm. And I can't go into the site to uh, undelete it, because I don't have those permissions Only Studebaker does, because he's the one who originally set up the site. Right. You know what he should do? He should turn those permissions over to you, but go ahead. And when I ask him to do just that, he ignores my emails and direct messages. No. (laughs) That doesn't sound like a thing he would do. So we are going to do this on the show right now. Okay. And we have... uh, you know, we have uh, eight, uh, or add-odds, let's make Jesus Christ, I have add-odds in the goddamn brain, because SmackDown's going on tonight. It's crazy, Todd, I know you care. Mm, I, sometimes I care too much. I remember when you did care. Mm. It was a good, like, two years, and then another two years after that. So you're going to go all four years together, you think? Yes. Uh, but no, we have uh, Mash and Walter to discuss, and of course, <laughs> the uh, follow-up from my adventures with the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, refrigerator Refrigerator, door. yes. So I'll help. I'll help where I can. I'm going to email this to Brian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so... 
Okay. Don't forget to put my salutations in the email. Mm. Most exciting podcasts we have in the world right here. This might get trimmed up a little bit. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. That is, you You want me to use my uh, ringtone maker to do it? Maybe. Okay. No, there was something. Notifications. Okay. No. There was something that I had. It was popping up, and it was saying that you don't have the credentials to do this. Okay, there we go. So we're going to take a picture of this. And we're going to do screen printing the Joe way, which is, you know, the way everyone should do it. Okay. And we're going to save that. And that's number one. And then... We're going to do that. And this is going to be number two. And I'm going to save that. So. I'm going to email Brian. And he'll ignore me. Problems with comments on the site. Now, I know Jason could help, and he's been able to help before, but this is something very clear that it's just I don't have the credentials, and Jason would be able to walk me through to a certain point, but then at a certain point, since I don't have the credentials to do whatever it is, I just won't be able to do whatever it is. Right. I got you. Okay. Hey, Brian. We've been having a ton of problems with comments on the site. No longer getting email notifications. Tons and tons of spam, as well as random comments being deleted as spam. Random actual comments. When I try to access the site manager, it tells me permission is denied as I am not the site administrator. That would be you. Is there any way you can help with this or, even better, make me the site administrator so I no longer have to bother you with this nonsense? You and the family are well, Joe. Okay. So I'll send that. Okay. So that wheel is moving. Right. Now, from here... 
let's uh, take care of the uh, follow-up from last week with the refrigerator. Okay. So as we had discussed last week, the refrigerator came to the house. Uh, I gave the gentleman, the manager of the place, an earful uh, regarding them delivering a refrigerator that had a big giant gash in the bottom of the door. Which I, it's a dent, not a gash, but go ahead. You understand what I'm saying? I may have yep. exaggerated slightly. Yes, I was looking for like a giant hole in the refrigerator, but a dent is bad, but I was, when I looked at the picture, I was like, mm-hmm. it's not a gash, but anyway. You understand what I'm saying, though? I understand what you're saying. So, uh, the guy said that he would guarantee that it would be there by Friday. Uh, he called on Wednesday and said that it was ready to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we weren't able to accept things on that time frame with work and so forth. And uh, they were able to deliver the door in a timely manner, install it with little to no muss or fuss. The delivery man, who I don't even know if was the original delivery man, uh, apologized for the inconvenience, and we were on our way. So, wow. So things uh, worked out uh, well for me being a jag off over the phone to that poor guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, Joe was very happy on Friday. You did a little dance. You know, you were just, it's the happiest been in years, right? Was I that? Is there something else that happened that I'm forgetting that you're making a joke about? No, I'm just saying you're a curmudgeon, so I figured that wouldn't even do it. You'd mm, just be... I, I am a curmudgeon, but that, and that did make my day um much better, and... Unfortunately, because they're a local mom and pop sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, the link on their website to their Facebook page doesn't work. <laughs> um, they, Your favorite thing ever. Uh, like they have, like they, you could leave them Yelp reviews, but the last Yelp review that this place had was like in 2013. But they mm. are connected through um, Google, right? You could leave reviews for them on Google, and they have a ton of reviews there. So I did leave them a positive review there, which is where they seem to have a majority of their reviews. And, uh, yeah, so the places, if you're in the greater northeastern Pennsylvania area, this is not a, this is not a paid uh, advertisement, but it was just people who messed up, said they were going to fix the problem, and did so in a timely fashion. Uh, Everybody's, go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say everybody's sad. They would have rather the story if you got madder. I agree. And listen, it, I agree that it would have made for better radio or podcast or whatever the hell this is if they screwed up. But they didn't. They did good. And uh, it's Voitech TV and Appliances with two convenient locations. <laughs> one is in Kingston and the other one is in Exeter. Um... But even further still, you know, better than shopping local and all that sort of jazz, you know, uh, the real thing is, is they have a large stock readily available to ship quickly. Except the one you wanted. No, no. Uh, again, they, they delivered the one that I wanted, damaged, and they repaired the oh, door they... quickly. That's right. It was the other place that didn't have the one you wanted. Right. Of the 30 models on the floor, they had <laughs> one. That was ready to ship that day with all over the place. It's giant signs that say, next day delivery. We can get it there today. And, you know, blah, 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 all this other stuff. And they need to make it clear that what they can get there today or the next day is the one. Mm. And they need to put the sign on that one and say, if you want this specific refrigerator, we could have it today. The other 29, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> That's right. You know, they have those on Amazon refrigerators, I think. They actually don't. <laughs> they don't? No, because I actually looked. Oh, I was just kidding. Because that's the, you know, I prime delivery, I figured get it for free, you know? Like, you can get, like, refrigerator replacement parts, water filters, all that sort of stuff. But an actual refrigerator, one of the few things that you cannot get... Like, you can get specialty <laughs> fridges, like, you know, like the little mini fridge. Right. Um, or you can get, like, those fancy, um, like, wine ones. But to get, like, a legitimate fr- refrigerator, uh, they don't sell those 
Oh, no, okay. I'm looking down here further. They do. Well, there you go. And they, if you have Amazon mm. Prime, it'll be there the next day. Yeah. Now, sadly, none of them are Amazon Prime shipping. Some of oh, them do okay. say free shipping, and then Daewoo. You know Daewoo, who makes those TVs? Vaguely, yes. Like Sorny and... Magnet Box. Uh, Daewoo yes. is kind of like the Sam's Club brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have a, a fridge, a, a Daewoo fridge. But it looks like, I don't know, let's see, it's a suspect. You know, you really got to, I don't know. You, the listeners, could certainly buy a refrigerator through our Amazon click-through. <laughs> That's not for me, though. So it's keeping your food cold, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Then there you go. That's all that matters. And then I had, I actually had. I had a milk mishap this past week as well that it would only happen to me. No. Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> Is everybody okay? Everyone, Everyone's okay. Everyone's fine. All right. I was worried there for a second. Yes. So um, last uh, so last week or two weeks ago, whatever the hell it was, was a Girl Scout cookie time, right? Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and I tell you, nothing's better than those goddamn Thin Mint cookies. Boy, oh boy. Delicious, delicious, right? There's no good mint-flavored things, but go Stop ahead. Stop it. But if you're going to be eating those, you should have a glass of milk, a nice tall glass of milk with some cookies. You're good to go, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have all these issues. We have, like, no milk in the house. We have dirty scum almond milk, <laughs> <laughs> which I tried, and it's just not the same. So I had to go to Wegmans the other day to pick up, you know, uh, various sundry odds and ends. And I'm like, I don't need a whole thing of milk. I'll just grab a milk. Like, you know, a little thing, right? Right. Like a 12-ounce or a 16-ounce, whatever the hell it would be. One serving, right? One serving, right. <laughs> and uh, if you, like, you go to the grocery store and sometimes they'll have, like, that cooler case up in the front. Mm-hmm. Where they'll have, it's like, here's a bunch of Gatorades, and here's a bunch of, like, uh, the Starbucks Pepsi. Frappuccino shits, right? Mm-hmm. So, at the Wegmans, they have that big case, and they also have milk, and they have chocolate milk, and they have regular milk, and they have, like, 2%, and then they have, like, full fat, right? Mm-hmm. What I did not know is they have some sort of weird fifth kind of milk. <laughs> Okay. There's a fifth milk. There's a fifth milk. And it's it's like uh it's like artificially vanilla flavored milk. Love vanilla milk. Go ahead. Oh, uh, now it uh, it was just too goddamn much. It was no, like what? drinking it was like drinking cake icing. It was like <laughs> drinking a melted milkshake. But no. Listen. No, cuz I had no. a milkshake like with a milkshake, you get the ice cream, and you have a nice mix, and it's creamy, right. and this was just like, if you just got like a tub of cake frosting, <laughs> and let it get to the consistency of what milk would be, and then drink that, that's what this was. See, I'm going to say, you would have liked it if it w- if that if you were going like, oh, I'll try this fifth milk, but you wanted... Uh, like a, a regular milk to go home and eat your cookies, and that totally like ruined your day, and that's why you're having a bad a reaction to this. I do think if I was like, hey, try this vanilla like you know icing milk, you would have been like, hmm, that's that's pretty good. Well, but you know, like when you get something that you you have a a taste for something and then you screw it up, that's when you get mad. Not to shit on your point, mm-hmm. but April tasted it before I did. Because right. she's like, what the hell is this? Why did you get vanilla milk? And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to get vanilla milk. I fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. So she tasted it, and she's like, oh, my God, this is delicious. This is the greatest milk I've ever heard in my uh, – the greatest milk I've ever drank in my life. And, like, anything that's, like, the slightest bit sweet, April's like, oh, it's too sweet for me. But I should have mm-hmm. known better that this is the person who lives and is made of candy – and she drinks the <laughs> vanilla milk and says, oh, this is delightful. It's from the guy who wants his coffee to taste like candy. No, you know what? Or, and that's the thing. I don't really want my coffee to taste like candy. I lean more toward the natural bliss, you know, the ones that... Alexa? No, not her. That's on oh. the other show. 
the right. it's like the more actual cream, less actual sugar and artificial shit in them. I don't mm-hmm. put any sugar in them and I give it just enough of a little bit of that cream to like change the color from black to slightly less black. Gotcha. Cuz I like I like a powerful coffee, damn it. Right. So when you do when you do like when you're not getting the shitty milks, um and you get milk. What do you, what brand, like what type do you get? Like uh, like the whole milk, the two percent. Um, I've been weaned onto like two percent and non-fat mm-hmm. milk, but I tell you, as a treat, there's nothing better than like the whole fat milk, baby. Right. I look at it as I'm going to eat a whole box of cookies. I might as well have a whole milk. No, I'm not. A, listen, I'm not a complete monster. I eat like half a sleeve. Oh, I wasn't talking about you. By the way. Oh, I was talking about me. Gotcha. But I haven't had any Girl Scout cookies this year because I, I didn't see any Girl Scout selling cookies this year. And I only eat either the peanut butter ones with the icing in the middle you know what i mean like, the, or, like the, they're like a and or the chocolate covered peanut butter that's it i used to like the sugar what are the sugar ones called i think they're just called bland fuck cookies <laughs> bland fuck cookies yeah i used to like those occasionally for as a treat but uh i'm the only those two peanut butter ones that's that's it yeah. the peanut butter ones keep everything else. here's the problem with the peanut butter ones everybody else in the house eats them the thin, the thin mints are for me. I even said when I got them, April's trying to push them on Asa to try them. And I, mm-hmm. and I said in front of Asa, I said, don't have him try my cookies. I've been burned by this before where he doesn't like something, doesn't like something, doesn't like something. And it's the thing I like. And then he tries it and loves it. And then I don't get it anymore. I would tell April, I say, remember that time that our little kid told, stole all your rice and you were mad? <laughs> well, that's what's gonna happen here, so don't fucking do it, woman. Well, that's the thing. When I, when I, uh, when I get my Chinese, I have to pick up an extra thing of white rice for him to eat. Right. Um, but, that, but, uh, the way I look at it is, see, you're talking about like, uh, you have to get stuff that people won't in the house, you know, eat. Right. I'm a lonely old man. I get to buy whatever I want. And only maybe one of the, the many ghosts that haunt this house might steal it. Otherwise, it, wherever I left it, that's where it'll be. Right. So. So, hey, let's talk about Al's gals, damn it. <laughs> that's right. Enough cookie talk. Enough cookie and refrigerator and other bullshit talk and website the nonsense. Fifth, fifth milk. Fifth milk. If this wasn't an Al's Gals episode, the title of this episode would be Fifth Milk. That's right. Well, there's a whole other show. Yeah, but then it won't make any sense. Who cares? Half the time you use shit that, that's never said in the show anyway. All right. Unless one of us say something extra dumb. That's the tentative title for next <laughs> for the Long Buck Zeroes show. Right. So let's get into Al's Gals. Uh, we talked about the two episodes of MASH, uh, the big two-parter where Radar... Uh, played by the legendary uh, Peter Berghoff, left the show. Gary Berghoff. Gary Berghoff. Is there a Peter Berghoff, or am I just making shit up? I think you're just making shit up, Joe. That sounds like me. Um, so, okay. Uh, this was this was more or less your pick, so I'll kind of let you take a little bit of point on this one. Right. Basically, uh, the MASH episodes, the, the, the first part is, you know, we're at uh, 4077th. Radar is on leave in Japan for two weeks. Um, so basically, uh, the generator goes down while they're operating on people at night and they have to go fix it. That blows up and it ends up uh, they we're going to use the backup generator. That was stolen by by some people. We don't know who until maybe later in the in the second episode. So or the that later in this episode. But uh, as it goes on, uh, radar's coming back from from Japan. He's at the the army base or, or the airport waiting to go, and his flight is delayed because they have to put some cardboard cutout of a fucking general on it. And while he's sitting there, he ends up meeting 
the love of his life, this woman from a hundred miles from where he was born, and they they kind of hit it off. And uh, while this is going on back at 4077, Klinger, who's replaced uh, Radar, is trying to finagle a new generator, and it's not working out. And everybody's hoping Radar will come back because he's the heart of the 4077. He gets everything done. Um, so while Radar's talking to this girl, you know, they're they're kind of, I don't know, ha- having a moment. He ends up, you know, figuring he's going to have a few hours with her because his, he, the next plane isn't going to be there. The curmudgeon like guy who's running the place gets him on another plane. He doesn't want to leave, but uh, the guy says, well, you have to go anyway. So he ends up having his first kiss ever with this girl um, as they leave and he gets on the plane, goes back to the 4077th and everybody's happy to see him because radar is going to fix this whole problem. Um, he's trying to find a generator because clear, clear could and everybody thinks it's going to go one, two, three. He doesn't. He can't find one. This is one of the times, you know, radar strikes out. Um, while all this is going on, uh, Colonel Potter gets a letter from home or a phone call or something that radar's uncle has died and radar doesn't have a father. His father had passed away years ago. So it's his mother and his, his uncle. I forget, uh, what is, what the uncle's name was and he passed away. So, they figure that he can have a hardship case and they tell him radar, you're going to go home uh, because you know, this is one of those things I can give you the, the reason to go home. And he's all like disheveled as it says to be continued, which was blew my mind as a, as a, as a kid watching this. Cause I don't remember too many, you know, episodes of comedies that were to be continued at the time. Uh, do you, do you want to do by episode, or do you want to just do the whole do the whole story, Joe? Well, uh, let's talk about this first episode here okay. as well. I think you'd also neglected to mention that, uh, and again, I, I know it's Hawkeye, but I'm going to say Alan, Al- Alan Alda cut his finger. He got his finger stuck in a rib spreader. Right. That's right, while the lights were out, because uh, Margaret uh, Hot Lips Houlihan uh, caught it in there. Right. So, uh, hmm, how can I say this? So... I understand that Alan Alda is supposed to be the star of the show. Some would argue that he was probably the biggest name person on the show, right? Right. I, probably that came out of it, too. Like he, I don't know if he was the biggest going in, mm-hmm. but there's whole stories behind how he just ended up taking over. And, uh, like, the guy who played Trapper in the beginning was supposed to be equal, get the same amount of lines, and then as it went on, Hawkeye became the star. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up getting all the best lines. He was, uh, Trapper was supposed to be the best uh, chess surgeon, that, like, from the books, and they gave it to Alan Alda's character, and he saw the writing on the wall. And he was like, I'm out of here. And what's an interesting little tidbit is they had all the actors lined up for years in contracts, but Wayne Rogers, who was Trapper Trapper John in this show, didn't sign his contract. So he could just he could just walk away. Like they were paid like they didn't have a deal. So he was just like, Yep, I'm done. I'm leaving. They're like, You have two more years on your contract, or whatever it was. He's like, Nope, I never signed it. So I That's get to a dirtbag move. I get to walk tomorrow. And and he ended up did and he didn't do much after that. But yeah, so Alan Alda like pretty much was of an ensemble, became the big wig, and then became writer, consultant, director, like producer, had total like a lot of control over the show as it went on. Right, because what I was going to say was this was now season eight of what, 11 seasons that they did of this show? Yes, yes. Right, so by this point, Alan Alda is Alan Alda. He's not Hawkeye, and again, we didn't watch episode one, or an episode from season one, so that I can compare and contrast what the this was like, but what I what I wanted to mention was that the way that Hawkeye, Alan Alda, carries himself in this episode mm-hmm. is essentially the way that Alan Alda would play himself in every movie or TV show or everything. The mm-hmm. cadence, the delivery, the way that he carries himself, even when he's an older man, he's right. essentially this character for the rest of his life. And you know, like, because he was on Thirty Rock, so you like, in late in his life, yes, 
Yeah, he's still alive, but so you saw, you would see like how that he, you'd know, like, cause you've seen him as of recently kind of a thing. Right. And then he was even in a couple of movies here and there and he was on, you know, we've, I've talked about it many times. He was on Gilbert's podcast because wouldn't you know it, Todd, Alan Alda has a podcast <laughs> just like everybody else in the world does. But when Alan Alda was on Gilbert's podcast, he talks and carries himself with, like, the same turns of phrases. And I'm not saying that, like, he became this character, but by the time season eight rolled around, as you were saying, Alan Alda had, like, all this power in the show. So it was just like, yeah, I'm just going to be me. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever Hawkeye was in season one, in season eight, it's Alan Alda. It's not and just, whatever the right. character was before. And what Alan Alda was up to a certain point is he was more of a Groucho kind of character, mm-hmm. like with a different like cadence and the way he did the jokes and everything. And then the show over the years, like it's it slowly changed. Like it went from like a straight up like like comedy to more like drama as it went, and it got more like like lighter. And there's a whole thing where the network was like that your main characters are drinking way too much. So they had to cut that back. And then Frank Burns left because he, uh, Larry Linville had decided that the character went as far as he can go when they brought Winchester in. And that's when they started making hot lips like nicer. Cause she was like, like a, a bitch. And then she ended up marrying Lieutenant Donald Penobscot, got a divorce and ended up becoming likable at that point. And that's the, the hot lips that we see, in this episode, and they don't even call her that much anymore. Other, they 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 mention it once in this episode. They try to get away from like the slutty character who would sleep with anybody who had like uh, a higher rank and everything. It, it was really weird to see how over eleven years the characters actually really did change. Right, and how you're saying a lot of it was because of maybe network notes, or how a lot of it was, you know, just because the people themselves deciding, you know, see the writing on the wall, so I'm going to not sign my contract and do this, or a character saying, like, I want to be killed off because my character can't go any further, but it's the fact that, like, this was the biggest show in the world, like, in the United States at the time. Right. That's why, like, a lot of those characters, like, it was probably, like, uh, Loretta Swit going, I don't want to be that character anymore. We Could we change her? And you got some stroke when you're on the biggest show, like, you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. So. So, okay. So, with all that being said, uh, if I went into this not knowing that this was the two-part stealth pilot for a radar TV show, mm-hmm. I, I could probably guess off the top of my head out of the previous seven and a half seasons, how many of them was Radar the A story? Do you want to know how many? I don't know how many off my head, but there was a, there was a, there was a, a couple. Okay. Because Radar, the whole thing with this, and later on they get it into the second episode, is there's a whole relationship between Radar and Hawkeye right. that's that's really big and they've gone over it. And there was like an, like later on, literally they show when radar's going through his things, he finds a purple heart. And there was a whole episode where he was the a story where he was upset. Cause he, ne- he never had sex. And Hawkeye was like, Hey, just go do it. Like, it's not that hard. Go find a hooker. Um, like literally he was like, go find a woman, like, and just get it out of the way It's not a big thing. So everybody's like, Hawkeye, don't tell him that. And Radar goes into, t- like, goes into Seoul to do it, but he ends up getting attacked while he's traveling. And you don't know it. He just shows up at the 4077 on a stretcher, like, dying. And Hawkeye, like, loses his mind. He ends up starts drinking heavy. And he has to leave the, the surgery because of it to go outside and throw up. And him and, and Radar have, like, a dispute about it. He's like, everybody says, I worship you. Well, I don't anymore because I see you're human. And he ends up giving him that purple heart and salutes him, which is a whole thing. They that, mention that here, yes, that Hawkeye's yes. never saluted anyone. Yes. Right. So there is a whole bunch of episodes where Radar is, like, as much as anybody else is other than Hawkeye. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And Radar might actually have a little bit more because there was that whole thing where he always had a relationship with either Colonel Blake, Colonel Potter, or Hawkeye. I know a little bit about MASH. I know that sounds... (laughs) I was going to say, you know way more about MASH than I do. Right. So where I was going with this was... So this definitely... And obviously, so maybe he has had some episodes that have been about him directly, but... 
here's a two-parter, and it's writing him off the show and whatever, you know, whatever else is going on. So it certainly seems as though this is a big deal for him, right? Mm-hmm. Which he doesn't get, and he doesn't do a ton after this. He's in a couple, t- he's in a couple movies, nothing as like a starring role. They spin him off into the TV show, and then that goes nowhere. Right. So, uh, where was I going with this? I don't um, know. I derail you too much, but. No, no, no. Okay. So, uh, as you had mentioned, um, about the other characters and radar coming back from leave and the generator blowing. So then that puts Klinger, who I know, off from Klinger. Now, he wasn't so much as, I, I, you know, his whole gimmick was he was a civilian and he didn't want to be there. He got drafted. Right. So he's doing all these things to try to get out, but he can't get out for, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And there was his whole gimmick was that he would dress like he would wear a dress. Right. Trying to get a Section 8 or do crazy things besides that. Right. So we're eight seasons in now. In obviously, this isn't eight years. I don't think the Korean War was that long, but... It wasn't. No. The show ran longer than the Korean War. Right. So at this point, he's kind of downplayed in his, like, real zany antics, but he is still, like, lamenting that he wants to leave, and obviously he's now being put in a position of more responsibility. I thought in the two episodes that we saw here, that Jamie Farr was by far and away, pun intended, (laughs) the best part. Like, he was the most enjoyable. Right. And here's a little tidbit that about it. The fallout from this episode is really cool, because, like, this has to do with the next episode that we're going to talk about, but he ends up, uh, in the next couple episodes, being a really shitty clerk. And everybody's mad at him because, you know, he's making terrible trades and, you know, they're not getting their supplies or whatever. And it's radar, 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 radar would have done this, radar would have done that. And he like, he like snaps. And the same thing happens because in the next episode, uh, BJ tells radar that his family's going to meet them in San Francisco. And through a series of events, radar meets the family. Now this is all off. Like you don't see radar. This is all told in letters or, or stuff like that. Uh, he, BJ's kid sees Radar for the first time, sees his mother talking to somebody in a uniform, calls him daddy. And it gets back to BJ and he loses his shit. And, and Klinger and him go off on like a drinking spree because they both fucking hate Radar now. It's like really bizarre that like these episodes had a, had a follow through in the eighties at a time that a lot of, sitcoms didn't if you know what i mean like it was like oh here's our wacky event blah 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 and then everything's set back to uh uh space one at the at the end of the episode and i i kind of like that And you're right jamie farr did get like cooler and better as as like especially because of this right and i i wish you know obviously if we could do this over again because isn't there you know, obviously there's After Mash, which is, I think, the more well-known spinoff of Mash. Right, the thud, the bigger thud well-known. Well, and again, it lasted two seasons, and this, you know, we'll kind of get, we talked a little bit about the the history of this mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when we get into it, but wasn't there more of a direct spinoff uh, from After Mash to Walter? Yes, there was, and... and uh... Gary Berghoff is actually in an episode or two of Aftermash. Right. Yes, but yes, so uh, there is a, there, but also you got to remember when they went to Aftermash, they were, they were riding the high of the ratings of MASH that like was super, super huge. So I think it got two seasons of Aftermash just because of, you know what I mean? Like it was a shitty show. Like it's literally one of the top seven worst TV shows of all time, they say. Um, So that's kind of what projected it to, to last two seasons, I think. But you were saying, I'm sorry. Right. So, um, just, I wish we would have watched that as well, just so that I could have gotten more Jamie Farr. Yes. And I wish I had mentioned this before. Do you know anything about Gary Berghoff's hand? No. His, well, because the weird episode we watched is, it's his left hand. His left hand is <laughs> has... His left hand has, he was born with a malformed hand. Oh, I was unaware of that. Which 
is his fingers are really like small and and whatever. I you know I'm not not making fun of it. Just saying that's the way it is. So every I, episode of Mash or whatever show he's in, they always found a way to hide the hand. So he'd have like a bugle, a football, a clipboard, a telephone in the shot in front of his hand. Right, as I'm, I'm looking up information about him here, it says that he had a congenital deformity of only having three fingers on his left hand. I okay. was not aware of that. And that's how good they did a job of hiding it on the show. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I know a little bit about Mash. I, yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm coming into this as a piker. I could have had Doug be on the show with you, or at the very least, Ultramantis Black, and the three of you guys could have mashed it up. That's right. We could have been three potatoes doing mash. Right. So, uh, so then we get to the the second episode as Todd kind of highlighted everything. We we got the little highlight package, the clip package at the beginning of the second episode of what happened in the first episode of the two parter, and the rest of the second episode essentially is Radar flip flopping back and forth whether or not he should leave uh, and go back home or stay here, and then he has that one you know as. Todd kind of laid the groundwork from a previous episode in the previous season where Hawkeye tells Radar just to go into town to get a hooker you know, <laughs> in in a late 70s, early 80s network TV sort of way. Mm-hmm. And then the maladies that come from that, of course, then we get an emotional scene with the two of them. And then we get the B story of Radar going to the other, uh, the other barracks, attempting to make the deal to get a mm-hmm. new generator. You mean Klinger. Klinger. My apologies. Klinger going there to make the deal to get the other generator, and that's when he finds out that another company troop has been stealing stuff from other troops, including 4077. Yeah, they actually stole their backup generator. Right. So then Klinger goes, like, Klinger steps up to the challenge, kind of enforces his will a little bit, you know, kind of tosses that other general's name around, and gets their uh, generator back. Right, which is the great part about Klinger, because Radar up to that point was the by the book, got it done by his friendships, whatever. Where Klinger, they actually did make different, where he took the con man that he was in in Toledo growing up with his family was shady and everything. He used it. He was he was a flimflam man to get whatever he wanted, and they show it right off the bat. He's like, well, I'm just going to steal this generator. It's for a good cause. It's not like I'm stealing, you know, from orphans or whatever. And that's one of the things that I like about making Klinger a little different than than Radar. Right, and even in just those two episodes with Klinger's character, we he he got a full story arc. Mm-hmm. Where he was put into a situation that was he was over his head. He bitched and complained about it, and he used his skills to fix the problem his way. And then you know everything kind of worked out in the end. So I'm like, that was really, you know what I mean? Like that's why I was like, I want more Klinger. I got gotcha. you. Yes. Um, but while that's going on, he does. Radar doesn't want to go home because he thinks they really need him. And him and Hawkeye have it out because he's like, you know, like. You know, everybody's would love to be where you're at, get to go home. And he's like, he's like, you wouldn't go home, Hawkeye. And he's like, yes, I would. Because I'd go home in a heartbeat. There, you know, there'd be a, a cloud of dust. And he's like, and he ends up hitting his finger that he had hurt. And he, and he's yelping. He's like, look at you. He's like, you know, you have a finger that's like bulbous and swollen, but you're still doing surgery. You say you would leave. You will, you wouldn't. So I'm turning this back on you. And I, like you're saying, I love the the the, cl- the clinger stuff in this, but like obviously this was supposed to be the radar radar tour de force, and I think the second episode is way better than the first episode and more heartfelt because at this point now he ends up decides that he's going to go home because Klinger has the the got the generator and he sees maybe he's not needed and his family needs him to go home. And that's where this starts to really turn into dusty onions for me as radar. They're going to have the big party for radar to go home and say goodbye to him and casualties come in and, and they're like, we have no time. And, and people are like, Oh, well, I'll find you. Especially Hawkeye's like, I'll find you. And he has a great little moment. I'm getting goosebumps. I really like this episode of Manish, where he has his moment with each of the main players for one second where they can't, they have to hurry up and be like, all right, this and that. And it's like, all right, we're I'm doing triage. Um, Radar, I'm going to miss you. Have be, be good at home, blah, blah, blah. And 
uh, it goes through it until they get to Hawkeye, who he doesn't get to say goodbye to. He just looks through the window during surgery. And as I mentioned before, he salutes him because Hawkeye never salutes anyone. Hawkeye's only saluted like three, two people in his entire life. Three. I think it was Radar, Colonel Blake, and Colonel Potter in the last episode. And he salutes Radar. Radar has this great scene as far as I'm concerned. He walks outside and he's all alone. It's super quiet. And there's a long shot of him in the empty compound. And I'm like, this is really cool. Just like how alone he is when he's going home and he gets in the Jeep and and it's, and the guy even says the Jeep's like, well, you know, how long you've been here? He's like, it seems like all my life. And he's like, well, anywhere's home. If you're there long enough and he just goes, just, just leave, just drive. And he doesn't get to like have the party or anything. And I was like, to, I don't know. To me, it just seems like it would be something different than all the Pat TV shows at the time where you would have had the party. Everybody would say goodbye. It was just a shitty ending for radar, even though he was a, a bittersweet ending. And I really like that about this episode. I'm with, uh, yes. So, uh, like I said, the, the first episode was very, I felt the Klinger stuff was the strongest. The radar stuff, a lot of it was him sitting and talking to that woman in the uh, the terminal or whatever it was. Right, which I'm going to get to a little bit later. I find that amusing. Right, whereas the second episode, as you had mentioned, of course, he gets to have those character moments with everybody else on the show. Obviously, the big one with Hawkeye. So that's the one that has more of the emotional punch, but there's still the humor in there. Whether it be with the main A story with little throwaway lines and gags and what have you. Or the B story with Klinger doing, you know, his grifting work. Mm-hmm. So now, I guess, unless we have anything else more to say about this episode of MASH. One last thing. All right. After Radar goes home, he leaves. They come out of surgery for like 19 hours, whatever. And they're like, well, where is he? He's probably halfway to Hawaii by now. And to me, this is a great moment. Uh, Hawkeye, they go like, well, let's go, let's go drink. And they go into the swamp to go to the still. And as they're talking about like, at least, where's Radar? At least he's gone from this shithole. He's gone. And they turn on the light and Potter's like, over here and they look and on Hawkeye's bed is radar has left his teddy bear behind for Hawkeye, Mm -hmm. which I think is a great scene. Like, you know, I'm not Mr. Symbolism. I'm not a smart man, Joe, (laughs) but, but radar came to Korea, a boy and he went home a man, you know what I mean? Which is really cool. And there was a whole Sigmund Freud thing who was a psychologist who showed up on various episodes of mash. And he once told me, he goes, you're someday you're not going to need that not need that teddy bear you're probably going to leave it behind here in korea because this is where you're going to grow up and seasons later he actually does and then later on when they have a uh what do they call it when you uh, a time capsule they do a time capsule and hawkeye ends up putting the teddy bear in the time capsule and buries it at the 4077 which I think is fat. Like, you know, that whole, like to me, knowing all that is like really cool. Like as, as I'm watching it, but I like the idea that radar left the teddy bear for Hawkeye. So watching these two episodes of mash makes me want to watch all of mash like now. Right. It's that good at times. Yes. And it holds up. It's good. And we'll kind of get into there's um, one real big thing uh, that I wanted that I didn't mention specifically, and I'm sure you're aware of it, I'm sure everybody else is aware of it, but we'll kind of discuss that when we get to the end and talk about Walter. Okay. So Walter was supposed to be a spinoff for uh, Gary Berghoff's character, taking Radar, who's a lovable, you know, schlub, I guess, and uh, in this uh, pilot episode that never got to series, they aired it as a one-off special edition on CBS... Which I just want to say that I miss the old spinning special yep. effect because that meant you were getting a Charlie Brown Christmas. You were getting like it's a, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. Any like weird TV movie that that sound as a kid, as a fat little kid that made me come run into the TV. And I bring it up again on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. They are talking about like different like theme songs and stuff and other like old 60s and 70s show t- uh, TV theme songs that you didn't know had lyrics to them mm-hmm. and all that sort of shit. And they talked and then they got off on a tangent of that, the CBS special presentation music, that when you heard that, you knew shit was on. <laughs> exactly. 
Like, it meant something. It wasn't like, a, like, obviously there was a time when it wasn't a dumping ground for a TV show that didn't get picked up into a pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing about this was, uh, when this got aired, it only aired on the East and Midwest Coast. It was preempted on the West Coast for the Democratic National Convention. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I don't think they had a lot of confidence in this one. Mm-hmm. So uh, Radar goes back home uh, to the uh, farm in Iowa, but then he leaves the farm in Iowa uh, to go live with his cousin? His yes. aunt or something in the big city of St. Louis, Missouri, where he becomes a police officer and I'm sure is going to get into many wacky adventures. What? That would never happen. And as a framing sequence throughout the entirety of the show, some local newsman is doing stories about the members of the 4077. And okay, I this, need... Oh, sorry. I need to talk about uh, all about this, just so you know. Okay. So that that guy was an actual reporter in real life to doing war correspondence. Okay. In real life. Now, in early episodes of MASH, there was many uh, episodes where he was actually on MASH, and the episodes were in black and white, because they were supposed to be sent home to be on the news for TV. And there's three, definitely three famous episodes where he goes and he talks to them and he interviews everybody like, you know, Alan, uh, Hawkeye, whoever's there at the time. And he would come back periodically and follow up. And this is actually him following up on the episodes of mash from, uh, these interviews, which I thought was fascinating knowing this going in, like, it was actually a nice touch back to mash that and like radar talking at the police desk and he's giving all the answers before the person asked hence like he was as radar in mash. That's like two of the only good things that are in this episode, Yeah, but go ahead. I just thought you might like to know that. Okay. So luckily the, his part radars part of this follow up on the members of the 4077 is playing on every TV in town and everywhere that we go to. So just in case you haven't been following up on mash, which had been off the air now for two years at that point. Yes. And maybe you weren't watching after mash much like the rest of America. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly do remind you a lot that MASH was a thing, and mm-hmm. they certainly bring up MASH and Hawkeye and the peoples that you know names a lot in this. They're not going to show up, but we're going to talk about them a lot. Right. To make you remember of the better show, not this one. What? So that woman, uh, previously that we had mentioned that Radar met in that station or whatever that he kind of fell for, is that the girl that he ends up marrying? No, apparently, I'm not sure, because I don't know how much I want to go into this from Aftermath, because I don't remember if Gary Berghoff was on the first episodes of Aftermath, like one and two, or it was later, because there's a whole thing where Radar discusses things about the woman he's going to marry. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, um, and he thinks maybe... Okay, I'll just say it, that he thinks maybe she's been unfaithful. So I don't, I don't know if we meet this, 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 this lady who's his wife in this episode, but that's not the girl from the counter. It's a, a different person that he had met, uh, when he got back from, from, uh, Korea. And it's not the girl from the, the, uh, the last episode of MASH that he meets in the airport. It's a completely different person. Right, so Radar is only in two episodes of Aftermath, and it's the ones that lead directly into Walter. Oh, geez, if I had known that, we could have added those. Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, the other thing about this is, uh, so uh, so the woman that he ends up marrying leaves him on their honeymoon night. Right. Uh, so Radar decides, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to the local pharmacy, get some sleeping pills, and kill myself. <laughs> Hilarity, everyone. Well, what would you like? I would like a prescription for a for a small overdose of sleeping pills. And even I was like, 
whoa. But up to that point, once again, where hilarity ensues, he loses the family farm at that point because he gets subsidies. They, the government gives subsidies not to grow stuff. And he's like, that doesn't seem right to get paid not to grow things. So I'll grow things and then fuck up the farm and lose it. And he makes it his vow to buy the farm back. So like right off the bat, he's lost the farm. Uh, he's, he's got, uh, a wife that's, that, that cheats on him and leaves like all the basics for a, like, you know, fun filled comedy, <laughs> a romp, if you will. Yes. Well, I guess it's coming out of MASH, which where there was a lot of death, Joe. Okay. So you have to. I Okay, so I'm with you. I, I, all right. We're going to try to keep the same tone as MASH, okay? Mm-hmm. So then uh, the the girl working at the drugstore played by Victoria Jackson, whose name is also Victoria in the show, probably because it's not unlike Tony Danza. She may not have been able to remember a different name. Right. Uh, they spend a lot of time on her. She gets like this long droning monologue, and then later she gets a dance number as well. So they're really trying to hammer her home. So at that point, this felt like more of like a launch vehicle for her and less for Radar. Mm-hmm. And then Radar now also realizes that there was a young punk kid who stole his wallet, and now he has to find the wallet. Less because, like, he had money in there, but more so the only picture that he had of his old buddies from the 4077 are in there. And he had a lock of hair from his ex-wife. Right. No, it was the pig. Wasn't it the pig? Oh, the pig. That's right. That makes it even better. Right. So he ends up, they, they get the kid. The kid lies. I didn't take it. Radar gives him the sob story. The kid admits to it. And then Radar says... You come back to this drugstore every week at whatever time this show is going to be on when it gets picked up, and we're going to have a talk and catch up on what's been going on in your last week, trying to establish, like, this ongoing thing. They they did, I don't want to say a good job, but they attempted to establish recurring things for the sitcom. Like, here's a reason for this kid to come back every week. Here's a reason for us to care about Radar's journey. You know, to make good for these things. They set up all this stuff, but none of it worked. Right. I like the idea of Radar, who has now grown and left his teddy bear in Korea, taking – because he had no father. His father died, and he sees this young kid whose father died in Korea – and I like the premise of it all of Radar becoming Colonel Potter or Blake, the mentor to a young kid who's, you know, who's has no father figure. That should work amazingly because of, you know, like what it is. But it did not have the people from MASH writing this episode. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I like that. And I think the most important thing that would have come later is the crazy old lady who likes to bang on the pinball machine. I really want more of that character. Joe. <laughs> I want, I wanted more of the lecherous cousin who was trying to pick up a teenager. Right. And I also wanted more of the burlesque club. Right. Where the girl was wearing the suit made of the uh, balloons, and then the other girl was doing something with birds. Right. And I love that the, the sketchy cousin, whoever, whenever he met a woman, he was just, I think it was going to be his catchphrase, was, so you live with your folks? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was laughing every time. It's like that's fantastic, but then Radar uses his animal skills to to do a bird call and bring the bird back because they were fighting over uh, they were fighting over who stole the bird and everything. And then there was a great a singer who had a hernia. The like you could have had you literally that's another thing that could have worked that didn't was you could have had a different act at that show every week and Radar and his cousin had to go like break that up. And there you go, comedy gold every week, Joe. And listen, a recurring paycheck for great character actor who passed away just within the last year or so, the great Dick Miller. He was uh, Mr. Futterman from the Gremlins. Oh, yeah, that's right. He ran, yes. Right, he was the theater owner. And when he Mm -hmm. popped up, I'm like, hey, Dick Miller's in this. This is fantastic. (laughs) Yep. So here's, there's two huge problems with this show, Todd. Mm -hmm. The first, well, okay, the first huge problem, which isn't as huge as the real huge problem, is that it's a show about radar, 
that other than them, other than them doing the mash trick of doing the asterisks in between the the title of the show, if you just saw this in your local TV listings, you would have no idea that this had any connection to mash. They should yeah. have called the show Radar. Well, that's the thing. He wasn't Radar anymore. He had come home. Ah, doesn't matter. I'm with you on that, but the whole thing of at the time that they probably I wish I had a TV guide right now from that time. Mm. It probably said, you know, Radar O'Reilly or Walter O'Reilly, you know, has you know come home from match. They and the commercials. There was no way you probably didn't know that it was, you know, mash related. Uh, I know what you're saying. You but. can't, you can't take it for granted. You, you just have to assume that um, no one knows. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna ask you, Todd. Maybe you, you probably did notice. You, or maybe you didn't notice, but your brain did. What was the big difference between this show and Mash? Was the set? No, no, and see, that's the other thing. So, this show didn't have sets. They were using actual locations. They were on the streets. That's what I meant to say. It looked like they had physical buildings, but somehow this looked cheaper than the (laughs) show that's essentially filmed in tents on a studio backlot. Right. The big difference of what Walter had that MASH did not, and it's its failing is that Walter had a laugh track. And uh, MASH did not. MASH it, was funny. There were jokes in there. There were great lines. There was even punchline setup stuff. There was reaction things. There was stuff like that. And none of it had a laugh track. See, now I'm trying to remember, because MASH did have a laugh track at one point. These two episodes did not. Now, I'm like I said, I'm wondering if, now, I have to watch because they're on whatever I'm watching now on TV. Season eight is actually around. And I want to remember if some of the episodes did have a laugh track or not. And I I, I typed it into uh, the old uh, the old Google machine here. Mm-hmm. And it did pre-fill for me. Uh, from Chicago? No, not him. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to see here when it happened. Now, it does say here that um, it's not clear as to when they got rid of the laugh track, but it says that they did get rid of it. It just doesn't mm-hmm. say what season it was. Despite the show's new producers. It just talks about Okay, so it talks about them being able to do it for certain episodes. And then it says, after season six, um, the uh, laugh track was toned down immensely, and then later episodes featured no laugh track at all. Okay. So So this definitely probably had no laugh track. Right, but it does, that it lists here are the episodes, you know, prior to season six that specifically did not have a laugh track. And then it right. goes on to say that the DVD releases of MASH have the laugh track completely taken out of every episode. Well, there you go. Who knows? You know, like, then I have seen some Because it was confusing to me. Like, I've seen episodes recently, and maybe that's what they're... Because they're rerunning them on sh- on shows. They might have the laugh tracks out of some of the, the stations or whatever. So I'm like, sometimes there's a laugh track, sometimes there isn't. I don't remember where it dropped out. And that's probably what's confusing me now. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I watched a lot of episodes of MASH. Obviously. And there's so much more I could talk about, Joe. I know I could burn your brain out with, you know, I smell bread. Um, I could do a whole bunch of other things with, like, uh, Rizzo. It, there's, a, there's a lot of fun stuff from MASH. But it was, uh, I thought... Um, Walter, good in theory, bad in practice. MASH was so good, I want to watch it all. Right. Now, let me just say, as we're watching into this and we're watching, you know, TV show, backdoor pilot, whatever you want, whatever way we have to do it, because there's some of them. This, as we say, pretty much is the gold standard of what we were trying to do 
for this show. Yes. For this, for Al's Gals, where you have the goddamn cream of the crop with MASH, one of the greatest TV shows of all time, all time. Amazing writing, amazing acting, amazing directing. And then it's like, here's a spinoff. And it's the dirt fucking worst. Like, literally, like, you go from Everest to the trench at the bottom of the ocean from one to the other. And I don't think we're going, we're going to do a lot of shows, like, you know, between now and December. I don't think we're going to hit the quality of good to the quality <laughs> of bad that we got in Goodbye Radar Part 1 and 2 and Walter. The high, high and the low, low. Yes, basically, yes. Oh, boy. Do you think we'll hit this again? I don't know. We're we haven't we haven't, uh, we haven't ironed everything out just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could certainly see that this is going to be a tough one to to match or beat in uh, the levels of quality to lack of. Right. Yeah. So. All right. So listen, I'll put you in touch with Ultramantis Black. I'll put you in touch with Doug. I got a few questions for Doug anyway. So. Well, are they about Mash? Yeah, well, something's getting mashed. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then you guys could do a mash podcast. Yes, we could. I'm doing a Muppet podcast and a mash podcast someday. All right. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening uh, to episode 228 of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Slash Fifth Milk. Oh, that's right. Hyphen, slash, Al's Gals, colon, Mash, and Walter. Slash, no, stop saying it because we